Hey y'all, welcome to Life Coach BFF Show. Do you want to confidently parent your teen while remaining sane and still finding joy in your everyday? Do concerns of their safety, mental health, influences of social media and the ACT, as well as the act, frighten and keep you awake at night? Following a move, finding myself lonely, isolated, and drowning in the realities of parenting teenagers, I felt completely lost and depleted. After a year of sitting in loneliness, I knew it had to stop. I transformed my mindset to something I call living on green, and I'm going to teach it to you. In this podcast, we're giving all things to God, find beauty in the brokenness, triumphs through the trials of parenting teens, all the while finding joy in establishing balance. I'm your new BFF, Heather, and you're not lonely anymore. We're in this together. Get your axe spray out, pick up those dirty gym socks, put your lip gloss on, and let's do this. Hi, friend. Welcome back. Today, we are going to chat with Elise Knox. Hi, Elise. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am so excited about you being here because you are talking about a topic that a lot of us are not as familiar with, but we are very curious about, and we have friends or or we're in the situation that will want to hear what you have to say. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Elise, please. Yeah. So I am a life and wellness coach, former middle school teacher. Um, I live in Northern California and I have two little girls. They're six and nine and a 24 year old steps. So, um, I work with primarily teens and parents of teens and, um, I got a lot of practice as being a stepmom with my stepson. Um, and I believe that my journey to working with teens and parents of teens really started when I was a teen. Of course, I didn't know it at the time, but I keep kind of finding myself in this world of teens. And it was a time of my life that I really struggled. And so looking at it from like the the 30,000 foot view, I see that like that I coming back to this for a reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what was it like being a stepmom to a teen boy? Uh, hard. (laughs) I'm sure (laughs) if I could describe it in one word, it was hard. Um, yeah, it was very challenging. I came into his life, um, when I was 24, it's really interesting when I was preparing to talk to you today, I was like, wow, he's 24. And when I met his dad, I was 24, you know? So that's one thing. Um, and he was nine. And so, I really missed out on the years where they're cute and cuddly and a lot of work physically, but so cute and cuddly, you know? Yes, I understand. That's what, that's what carries you forward. That's what propels you forward through the teen years, because you have these visions of the cute and cuddly, like you just said. So I know that had to be challenging. Yes. So, um, and I was in a new relationship and I really wanted to be with my new boyfriend, then boyfriend, now husband. Um, just like I wanted him to myself and I was young, he's older than me. So, um, it was my first like really serious relationship. 
And it kind of moved quickly just because of the life circumstances. I had moved to my parents because I was having some health problems, met him right after that. And so it was extremely challenging to come in as step parent to a nine-year-old boy. I cannot even imagine, Elise. I really can't because I always laugh and talk about how I used to teach Bible school. And at the time, the girls were young when I, when I had these thoughts, but so I would teach Bible school and I would always think, why are these boys so ill behaved? Like, why are their moms not doing something about this? And then fast forward and I have two little boys who are all over the place. And so I get it. It's, you know, when you don't have little boys, it's, it's a lot. I mean, they're so precious, but it's a lot. Yes, it was a lot. And Like, so there was just navigating like my own, there were just so many things I think that I was trying to navigate as a 24 year old, like the relationship with his biological mom, who was in the picture the whole time, 50%, you know, or more, um, my relationship, my new relationship with my husband, my relationship with this new child that was in my life, um, just so many relationships that, I'd never really experienced before. And so, yeah, it was really challenging. I mean, that's a juggle. That's not a challenge like that. You were like this in 24. When you're 24, you think that you are so mature and you're so old. And (laughs) don't you look back and go, I was a baby, 24. You're just, you're still a baby, but you don't think that you are. Yes. And I came from a very like solid, uh, well-functioning family as well. So my parents were still married. Um, I have an older brother and sister. We just were like a very, as it's called, like a nuclear family, you know, very like traditional. And so my expectation of what family was, was based on that. And that is not what (laughs) a blended family looks like. No, it's not. It's not. So what do you think were the biggest challenges as a blended? Well, before you got married and then when you became a blended family, what were the challenges? I think a lot of the challenges, like personally, a lot of the challenges were kind of feeling guilty and ashamed that I didn't really always like, I didn't really want him to be around very much because And not feeling comfortable sharing that with my husband, who always wanted him around because he did know him when he was a little cuddly baby. Um, And so there was like when I wasn't sharing openly, then that was just kind of festering inside of me. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a big challenge. Another really big challenge is I love like a calm and peaceful home. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh because there is no such animal with a 9, 10, 11 year old boy. I mean, any age little boy, there's no such animal. (laughs) And especially just even like, so now I have my own kids, you know, and they're six and nine and so peaceful and quiet, even though they're girls still not really happening, but it's consistent. Yes. It's consistently like, okay, now they're at school, there's peace and quiet. Okay. Now they're home every evening, every morning, every weekend. And with a blended family, it's constantly just like, he's here. He's not here. We're getting into this routine. We're getting out of that routine. We're getting back into this other routine. So that was very challenging. Um, and then also just like the lack of control. 
which right. is kind of an elusive idea as a mother anyway, like that you have a lot of control, <laughs> but when one of your, the people living with you is only there sometimes and has a different set of rules in another home, there is like zero control. <laughs> I cannot even imagine. Yeah. So and coming from a family that was very much like we eat dinner together every night. These, this is how we do this. This is how we do that. I mean, just something that popped into my mind is like in my house, home growing up, we ate dinner together every night. And like my dad had a chair, my mom had a chair, and my <laughs> brother and sister and I had a chair. That's just, and my stepson would always be like, why do we have, like, why can't we just sit wherever we want? Like, why do we have to have specific chairs? Uh-huh. That's so funny. I've never thought, I mean, we have our, our own specific chairs as well. So uh-huh. I can relate to that, but that is funny that, you know, why do I have to sit here? Why can't yeah. I sit in person? Yeah. Yeah. And just like, and then, I mean, another huge thing is like, I come from a family of three, I'm the youngest. So I never knew life without older siblings or siblings in general. And he was an only child. And so I was constantly like, why does he get to call all the shots? You know, like he needs to learn that like there's other people and sometimes they get their way. So it was like looking back, especially now, it's not only am I trying to be a a parent, a step parent, but I'm also like almost in this weird like sibling, like, wait, like he needs to learn these things that I learned. Yes. I can see that, Elise. I can see that. Yes. Yeah. I can totally see that. I mean, I'm married to an only child, so I I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I understand. It just, well, the world just revolves around them naturally. I mean, that's the only way that it can be. And so how did he react? Well, first of all, what worked well for you in that situation? What did you find that worked really well? So uh, it worked really well to talk to my mom about Mm -hmm. everything so Mm -hmm. that I wasn't like holding a lot of stuff inside. It worked really well when I could be really honest with my husband about how I was feeling. Um, And that's still something that I, you know, like it, I feel so much relief because we're, I'm still a step parent, you know, he's not living with us anymore, but things are still coming up. And when I don't, when I'm not honest with my husband, then like, we're not communicating and then I'm more resentful and all of that. And so really being able to share openly with someone is important. And in that too, like sometimes when I would share with my friends, it was just kind of this like, oh my gosh, how terrible, like that kind of thing that can happen with friends. And that's not always, sometimes that's nice. (laughs) Yes. But it's It's not, it's not always really helpful. Not it's not healthy because they're not dealing with the same things that you are. So of course they're going to agree with you. They're your mm-hmm. friends. So mm-hmm. you're really not getting honest feedback at that yeah. point. And that's what yeah. I always say. Don't go to your peers. Yes. Go to someone who has already been through, tr- has already tromped through the season that you are tromping through. Yeah. 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 And yeah. So, um, 
we, you know, in, in some challenging times, we did see a therapist um, together and individually and like all of the above. Um, yeah, I think uh, trying to get on the same page with my stepson. So once he was a little bit older and like my husband and I were married and it was, you know, he was living with us 50 50, um, trying to have like family meetings where, it was established what the rules and the boundaries were in our home. And that was always very challenging because it was always very different than his other home and, and having compassion for him as a 15 year old boy, who's like, we all know what's going on for them. Right. You know, we can assume, um, to have to like switch between Mm -hmm. these two very different worlds every week like that's which is confusing too. that's confusing yes. yeah the expectations are constantly changing so did you post your rules or your boundaries did you post them somewhere in your home kind of as a reminder for him because I know I do that in my home and my boys even the oldest said the other day that he really likes rules I think we all like to know what the expectation is so if I come to your home And you, and I used this as an example the other day in our club membership, and you remove your shoes at the door, I really would appreciate you telling me about that house rule because I would want to follow what you do. So did you do something like that? I mean, how did you help him to readjust each time? Because that's another adjustment. He leaves, he comes back. He leaves, he comes back. I think we didn't post it. I think... I can see that being very helpful. I think the cha- the biggest challenge for us is that we had a lot more rules than he did at okay. his mom's house. And uh-huh. so it was always like, why do we have the, to sit in these chairs? Why, why, you know? So like, I always honestly felt like, how can I have less? Like, how can I have less rules so that it's not so challenging for him to switch? Even though I know ever that like, having clear guidelines is so helpful. And even though teens don't think they want them, it really is supportive. Um, at the time it was like this constant internal battle of like, why am I so uptight? Why do I need so much control? Why can't uh-huh. I be more, um, free flowing and not like I wanted to be like his mom, but just how do I navigate that? Because I came from a very structured situation And like, I I mean, until you start your own family, you don't realize that like your view of family is just exactly what yours was. Right. And then once you like start from the beginning with your own family, you get to decide how you want to do things. But for me coming in, I was just like, oh, imprinting what I, what I, what, what I experienced onto him. And that wasn't working. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was a totally different situation. So And I mean, I think all parents of teens, we all fight this internal battle where we want to be flexible. We Mm -hmm. want that. Mm -hmm. But then we also, there's this pressure to teach. Like the pressure is all on you. It's kind of like one of my children there, she's a college student now. And there was an issue at one point with a roommate who would leave the lights on, would leave town, leave the power, you know, the lights on, the fan on. 
And she would say, you know, it, apparently it was bad parenting that she didn't learn this. And so you want to make sure your children learn all the things that they need to learn because you want people to want to be around them. That's why. So you want to be flexible. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you are fighting that battle. You want to be flex- flexible and you want to be fun, but you have this responsibility too. Which yeah. in you were, you know, young too. Yeah. Yeah. Walk into and, that. and I think with that too, it's so interesting. Like when our kids are little, if they're not sleeping or they're not potty training, it's like, oh, you know, they haven't learned that yet. And it means it becomes like, I haven't taught them that yet. That's it. And That's it. so it's like, it's on, it's like, A, we want them to be successful And B, we don't want people to judge us because our kids are not, they haven't learned or they're not behaving in the way that we want. Right. Right. You just want them to be accepted socially. Yes. That's what one of your goals as a parent. And so I'm sure. So when he came into your life, you felt the responsibility as well as you should, because Mm -hmm. now you're his stepmother. So you're trying to teach him but he has these other rules at one house, mm-hmm. new rules at your house. Elise, I don't even know how you've waded through this. I really don't. I mean, I don't because, and I would say to my husband, this is terrible, but early in our marriage, I would even say, I'm so glad you don't have any children because mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't even remember who I knew at the time that had stepchildren, but I knew someone apparently because I would make that remark because I knew how stressful it was. I was like, I just did not want, it's stressful. It's stressful. So what your biggest challenges with him as a teen? So let's, okay. So he's going out at this point on the weekends. He has mm-hmm. a social life. Mm-hmm. You want to have a social life. You don't have children. You want to do things. So you're, you're having to stay up and wait Mm -hmm. on him to come in and be the responsible parent. And then, you know, I just tell me what that was like. What was that like? Because they push back anyway, Elise. That's why I'm thinking about this. You know, you're trying to set a curfew. You're doing all the things and they're pushing back because that's what their brain tells them to do. So how yes. did you do this? Yeah. So, um, I think this, uh, that like aspect of brain development in a teenager is exceptionally strong in a team that has had a two sets, two sets of parents because they've learned really early, depending on how the relationship with their biological parents ended and when, how to like play one off the other and how to push and get what they want, because that's, that's what they learned to do. So there was a lot of like, I can't do this here, then I'll just go there. Yes. And a lot of me pulling back because I couldn't, I couldn't, like, I couldn't win. I knew I wouldn't win. Not like win as in like, I get my way, but like, I would just get my feelings hurt and feel like nobody like, my opinion or my stance didn't, wasn't important. Um, you know, there was a lot of challenging conversations with my husband. Um, oh, I'm sure. I mean, they, they say a second marriage rarely makes it. So for him, you know, in, uh, with children, if they have children, mm, yeah. they say that. And so, yeah, I can't even, mm. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there were, you know, there was, so I, my, um, I was pregnant when he was with my oldest daughter, when he was 16. And that was actually like when things kind of got the most intense, like right around 15 and 16. And, um, he ended up when my daughter was born, choosing to just stay with his mom and not, and my husband and him would like meet up twice a week, but he wasn't living with us anymore. And that was a big shift us in, in just like how we all related. And, and I think like, I will say he has an amazing relationship with my kids, which is so cool to see. And it has helped me because something that I still struggle with is seeing him as that 16 year old who was pushing back so hard and doing things that were so inappropriate. Also things that I did when I was that age, but to be in the parenting role, it feels very (laughs) inappropriate. Um, and now like, so I still, as a step parent, I think as a parent, like we've talked about a few times, you have that connection to the little person Mm -hmm. and then you have those connections and you see them changing and evolving and growing. And for me, I have a hard time not seeing him as that really challenging, pushing back 16 year old, even though he's 24 and changed a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that would be hard. When it, that would just be difficult all the way around. If you could go back and change something, what would it be? Yeah, this, I, a few things. Um, the first being, I think I would take more ownership of my relationship with him. I think I did a lot of um, deferring to my husband, not like I would have the conversation with him. We would come up with an agreement. So it wasn't like, I was like, I you, you decide, but I wasn't always like with him when hard conversations happened. And so with my husband, I felt really solid in like the choice that we made, but I wasn't, I like, I wasn't as present in those conversations. Mm-hmm. And I think that has led to less of a strong connection because I will still sometimes just defer out to my husband, you know? Um, so that's one thing. And I think 24 year old and 25 and 26, you know, I grew up with him, but I didn't, I didn't have that knowledge or that power. And then there's always the, like, I don't want to overtake. I wasn't trying to be his mom. Mm -hmm. And so I was constantly tiptoeing around that too. And so I would navigate that differently. And the other thing I would do differently, I would seek support for myself, like with a steady therapist or a coach or someone so that I could show up in my power and with flexibility and all of the things. (laughs) Right, right. Well, and the thing is, you did the best that you could. Yes. With the tools that you had at the time. Yes. So, and, and I mean, that's all you can do. That's all you can do. And, and you absolutely, I mean, I can tell from this conversation wanted the very best for him or you would not have been there. Yeah. 100%. And I think like, even now looking 
Yes. Another thing I would stop being so critical of myself of like, well, what's happening at that house? And what should I like trying to fit in, you know, because something that I notice now is that we've always, even back then when I was young, like because of my upbringing and the way that I viewed relationships, we've always been very steady in everything. Like we always eat dinner together. We always, this, this thing happens at this time, you know, like that's just kind of how we function as a family. And even when he hated that, that showed him, that was a really good example for him of one way of being one way of living, one way of having a relationship, him, myself and his dad, like we don't fight we don't really fight. We have our, we have arguments, but we have discussions. Never, we have discussions. <laughs> We've never done it in front of him. Like, you uh-huh. know, just very basic things that were from my family that he didn't get to witness in his other life. And just like how we deal with money, all those things. And so I see that now as him coming to us when he needs that stability And so even though I can be hard on myself for things that I wish I would have done differently, I know that like that stability is something that he will always be able to come to us for and reference and hopefully find a relationship similar to the one that we have that's calm and peaceful and stable. And, and I think that's a huge gift. That is a huge gift. And teenagers and young adults, they, they will not admit it, but they crave consistency. Yeah. They crave that. And that's another thing that I feel like that you provided, that you did a great job providing. So that that's a huge deal, Elise. I mean, I just, I feel like you triumphed in this situation. (laughs) I really do. I feel like you just, from what you've described to me, you've handled it beautifully. You handled it beautifully and you can help so many people. You really yeah. can. Yeah. I mean, I just, I can't, I can't say enough. Like it's same with just being the parent of a teen, you know, getting support for this really challenging time is so important, whether they're your own kids and maybe even more importantly, if they're not, because it's just such a challenging time to parent and for the teens to be in that time and mm-hmm. that there's not more open. And, and it's also very isolating because, you know, when they're little and they're not sleeping and they're not potty training, you talk to everyone about it because right. everyone's dealing with the same thing. Mm-hmm. And when they're teens, either you, you feel like you shouldn't tell because it's their thing or you don't want to tell anyone because you're kind of embarrassed. And so it just be really isolating without support. Yeah. Well, and we all have to let go of this idea of perfection because I always say perfection, it doesn't exist. It's not real. It doesn't exist. And, you know, when these parents say my child, my 13 year old daughter or 12 year old daughter is my best friend. That's a big red flag. Yes. (laughs) It's a huge red flag because I can promise you your 12 and 13 year old daughter is not thinking of you in that way. They're just not. (laughs) And that, and that can be so painful. It's painful. It's so painful because you want it to be that way. But just like your stepson, you know, he's, they're not capable 
of being your best friend, even if you, if they wanted to, they're not yeah. their development. They're not there yet developmentally. And so, yeah, I think that's our biggest thing that we just have to give ourselves a little room, a little grace and know that we're not perfect and nobody around us is perfect. And I think that just asking for advice and help is so wise, wise people seek advice and ask yes. lots of questions. I always say smart people ask lots of questions. It's the people that don't seek advice and don't ask questions that I really worry about. Yes, absolutely. And I think the other thing with that like friend story is that I don't think that you can't remain close. You know, I yeah. believe that connection and, and friendship within motherhood is there. And like, they're not, like you said, they're not ready. They have, and they're not capable of, of being a friend through the time of adolescence because it's so tumultuous internally. And so okay. the more you can be really like, it's so interesting. I just read, um, I was an exchange student in Italy, my junior year of high school. Oh, wow. And I just read some letters that my mom wrote to me during that time. And I was like, wow, like, even though we had a lot of challenges, we were very connected. And those, like, those, like, the story sometimes is all the negative, like, when I did this bad thing or that bad thing. But throughout motherhood, and like, what moments do you choose to define your path is like the million good moments or the 25 really bad ones? You know, mm -hmm. exactly. and like most of my relationship and most moms that I talk to, they have like these really big things and they're like stuck on those really big things. But in between that, there are some. Yeah, you have to really concentrate on the sweet times, the sweet times. The problem is that the immature teenager or young adult, they can't concentrate on the sweet times. No. So you have to be the adult and the mature person in the relationship and remember those times and give lots of hugs and lots of I love to you and I'll, I love you anyway. I'll love you no matter what. It's your responsibility because you're the adult. So. Yes, absolutely. And like, how do you get your feelings hurt and get back up and, you know, not let it totally like affect you because it's going to happen and it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. It's not personal. And, and it's not easy, Elise. No. It's not easy to not take it personally. I don't want to make it sound like it's this cakewalk because it's not, it's not easy. We all get our feelings hurt and We've all been told things that we wish had not been said. So yes. it's just, it's part of life. I mean, that's, yeah. it's unfortunately, that's part of life. So what's it like now? What's your relationship with him like now? Yeah. So um, like I mentioned, he really adores my daughters mm -hmm. and they really adore him. And so that is something that I love to see. Um, and I'm actually like, this is, this is kind of in this chapter, you know, when you have little kids, like the chapter of your life is just physically exhausting, taking yes. care of little kids and not sleeping and all of the things <laughs> I come out of that. And as I really like, I'm moving into adolescent years with my kids. Yes. 
Um, I also really am desiring to heal some of my own teenage wounds and really connect more with him because I think that a lot of my challenges with him were I was operating from a wounded teenage place still because I was so young. And so um, we we have a good relationship, but it's not quite as like connected as I wish that it was. And we see him usually like three or four times a year. He doesn't live very close to us. Um, and him and my husband are really close, which it's funny. I wanted to mention there came a time for my husband when things were really challenging that he said to me, I just want to be able to like go and like sit on a beach with him and enjoy a beer or like a good conversation when he's 24, you know, like yes. that was, <laughs> and now, and when he gets to be 24, a lot of times they'll say, now, wait a minute, it's going to be 34 before you have that, <laughs> that good they, time. They're there. Like they're able to do oh, that. That's and good. That's, I'm so glad. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And there's still ups and downs, you know, but they're really there and they have like made a point of connecting once a week via phone call. And so like a lot of good things have happened. And I, I see that for me, a lot of the work is like my own work and that I'm continuing to explore. Um, and I think that piece that I mentioned of like really taking ownership and responsibility of my relationship with him and what I want that to look like is because I think I will honestly full transparency here when he was young like in my mind I was like gotta get to 18 right. you know <laughs> you're, I think a lot of people have probably felt that way Elise you're not alone <laughs> and then it's like oh like it doesn't end at 18 you know right. this human being is in your life forever and and he's grown so much and turned into a really amazing kind human and I want to be able to meet him there. Right, right. That's lovely. My mother always says, Elise, this makes me laugh. She says that she'll take a toddler over a young adult any day of the week. <laughs> so what does that say about me? <laughs> We're all a work in progress. That's what that says. Yes. We are yes. all a work in progress. Well, thank you so much, Elise. How can we get in touch with you? Yes. Um, site is elisenox.com and I have a, um, a communication guide that helps parents navigate conversations with their teens and young adults, um, which is elisenox.com slash communication. And I'm on Instagram at Elise Knox connection coach. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank yeah. you so much. I would love to do this again sometime. Yes, this was so fun. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode or have benefited in any way, please go to Apple Podcasts, leave a review. It would mean the world to me. Also, take a moment and be sure and subscribe because we have a lot of exciting events coming up and you are not going to want to miss out on anything Come say hello on social media. Stop by Instagram. It's at LifeCoachBFF. Facebook at LifeCoachBFF. And also, we have started a small private group full of lovely women like you. It's called We Are Your BFFs. Come join. We'd love to have you. Can't wait to see you again next time. This is your BFF Heather from Life Coach BFF Show.